Ugh, this book is so fucking big. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> it's gonna take up way too much room on my shelf when I'm done. I'm gonna donate it probably. I don't want it. <laughs> it's gonna take up so much fucking room in my garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Midlight Crisis, a real podcast hosted by three grown adults revisiting books from our teens, and it's totally. Cool. I am Sophie, and I am one of the hosts of this great podcast. Um, and as always, I have a randomly generated YA title. And my YA title this time is <laughs> The Orchestra of Apples and Curses. <laughs> Whoa. Wow. Yeah. What is that about? I don't even know. The orchestra is what's throwing me off. Yeah. The apples, it's a Snow White retelling. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But set in like... An orchestra. Well, I've been reading a lot of fairy tales set in like old medieval Russia. So maybe that's why I think it's medieval <laughs> Russia, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I could be done with that. She's in like a snowy... A yeah. Like a snowy Ooh. landscape uh-huh. of some kind. Yeah. The cover's yeah. definitely like a lot of like oranges and golds mm. is what mm-hmm. I think. I had like dark brown and green in there. Oh, mm. dang! Two very different books. We'll each yes. have to write one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's great. <laughs> I love that. More writing than what we're already doing, which is too much. <laughs> Who are you guys? I'm Sam, and my randomly generated YA title of today is "The History of Wandering and Tea." Oh. Yeah. Well. Um, Initially, I had a positive reaction to that, but I think that's just uh, British global colonization. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I do that just like wandering in tea, though. Point. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, see, I thought, like, wandering around the forest with the thermos of tea kind of vibes, but... Oh, man. That is an excellent Oops. point, Hannah. <laughs> Thanks, I'm here to ruin things all day. Uh... <laughs> that's okay. What's your book title? <laughs> Oh, funny you should ask. My name is Hannah, and I also have a randomly generated YA title. And mine is A Nation of Wraiths and Land. Holy (laughs) s***. A Nation of Wraiths and Land. I do like The Nation of Land. That's evocative. (laughs) I mean, it could be a water nation. That's the opposing nation. Yes. (laughs) It's the water one. Like the Atlanteans, <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah, uh, away from the land. Yeah, they're away from the land. Yeah. Well, see, that's why they have to live on the ocean because the land is full of wraiths. <laughs> <laughs> that's like basically the plot of uh, Rayon the Last Dragon. <laughs> oh, I haven't oh, yeah? watched that I haven't yet. Seen it? Yeah. It's really cute. I liked it, but basically, the wraiths—they don't like water. So it's like, oh, as God. long as you're protected by water, you were fine. So like one of the nations was a, a, a land surrounded by a moat and the wraiths, mm-hmm. or I don't know what they were actually called. I'm calling them wraiths because that's kind of what they were like. And they were safe until the water disappeared. Anyways. Oh, dang. Huh. Yeah. I think that's pretty common, like ghost mythos, because they don't like running water a lot of the time. Yeah. Isn't that normally vampires? <laughs> <laughs> Is it? 
it's also fairies according to a court of thorns and roses oh great point oh yeah true 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 so do cryptids just not like water <laughs> i mean i don't like walking through running water like you know with my shoes that's on true. yeah <laughs> yeah that's fair. fully dressed <laughs> i prefer to be suitably attired for the occasion yeah, if properly dressed, like, splash me in all the water. Put me in the ocean. As soon as I get back into a lake, I'm going to be, like, gone. It'll take, yeah. it'll take everything to get me out. I'll just be like, bye, I'm here for the day, forever. Um, I did look up TV tropes, cannot cross running water, just to make sure we weren't wrong. Okay. Uh-huh. We are, just to confirm, we are all thinking about Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's also it's True. in um yeah the Lockwood and Co. Young Readers series, and it was also in Akatar because I just read that. Right. Yes, and it's like a yeah. thing. It does say generally water naturally works against the undead. You know, huh. just that it states that as a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I mean, it is TV tropes. So. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. we've established that as a race. Great. Yeah. So vampires, ghosts. This <laughs> list. Okay, hold on. Vampires, ghosts, witches, and wizards, and knuckleavies. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what a knuckleavie is. No. Knuckleavie. Click that link. Isn't there's no link? Okay, there's I got link. it. Okay, a knuckleavie, of course, is a horse-like demon from the Orcadian mythology. Oh, of course. Where is Arcadia? Is the Orkney Islands, which is in Scotland. Oh, oh, oh that makes sense. A knuckleavie. What a good name. I like that it. That is pretty great. They look real spooky in these artist renditions. Anyway, what were we doing? <laughs> I guess we should talk about these books that we read. Yeah, don't we have a podcast to do? <laughs> We've all had great days. Nothing has gone wrong at all. So, Nothing, um, nope. So we have 100% focused on these books. Uh-huh. Definitely. Have a good time. You tell us what happened in Twilight, Sam. I I guess I should. Twilight, we're at chapter 18, The Hunt, uh, which I don't think this chapter was appropriately named as The Hunt, mm. so to speak, for Bella, barely even starts, and it only kind of starts at the end of this chapter. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> the chapter opens up with us meeting Laurent, who is very attractive, Victoria, who is very anxious, and James, who is just creepy. they come in to interrupt the game carlisle tries to diffuse the situation in his natural calm and charm ways but doesn't quite succeed because they quickly realize bella is a human with just one slightly misplaced breeze and then the cullens split up with emmett edward and alice heading off to protect bella and bella proving she is full of great ideas for her own protection take that edward anyways but hannah how did this chapter go from edward's point of view Okay, I do want to preface this by saying I wrote it before I heard what you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, in this chapter of Midnight Sun, Edward's mind-reading talent gives more of an insight into the mental processes of the three intruder vampires, which are basically that Laurent is curious and generally non-threatening, Victoria is very anxious, and James (laughs) is creepy. (laughs) (laughs) accurate Uh, so yep uh we also get to see an extension of jasper's talents that was actually super interesting 
basically that he is able to manipulate everyone's perceptions so that he himself appears non-threatening despite his battle scars. And the intruder vampires won't notice that Bella is human until that deathly, deathly breeze arrives. <laughs> and once that worm turns, uh, the chapter veers into the fatalistic, overly dramatic Edward that we all know and tolerate, and they rush off <laughs> to try to find a future in which Bella is safe and still human. So. Yeah, I'm barely tolerable. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I absolutely loved the Jasper stuff. Yeah, oh, guys, I had oh, a great man. time. Yeah, that was pretty cool. It was. It so was so cool. cool. I want to read some of the parts of it because it's just. It's really cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> the one line that I like is I glanced at him, him being Jasper, from the corner of my eye, and found myself so incredibly bored. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper is creating this field of boredom <laughs> around himself <laughs> that like disguises himself and three of the other vampires. And it's just, I'm like, this is so smart. It's so this is cool. what I'm here for. Yeah. Like learning more about these cool vampire powers and how they use them. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting partially because it ends up being so similar to what Bella can do that I feel kind of cheated that we don't get the interaction in like Breaking Dawn when Bella is a vampire of her and Jasper working together to like figure out how her power works. Her whole thing is that she is a shield and she can shield other people, which is right. Basically what Jasper is doing here. Yeah. But wouldn't Bella's powers like counteract Jasper's? I like, think if Bella well, used her shield, wouldn't that stop his powers that's a good question because she would like essentially make a bubble and then jasper yeah. couldn't get in but his power works on her now that is a good point but she doesn't oh yeah well hmm. she's not bored oh but we don't when know he that. was previous times yeah he's manipulated her before yeah. Hmm. And maybe she wasn't aware of her boredom to like the level that Edward was because like Edward realized what Jasper was doing. But now yeah. right. I should have gone back and reread the Twilight chapter knowing that Jasper was doing that. That's too much Twilight yep, for too one much episode. Work. <laughs> <laughs> too much work. <laughs> I mean, I know I've read like at least two series that have like magic in this kind of way where they separate between like magic that affects your like mental state and mm -hmm. magic that affects your emotional state mm -hmm. and so it could be that's like what this is like Bella's is more like a mental shield but Jasper is working with emotions okay kind of thing true yeah yeah that tracks so he's not like actually manipulating the mind but the feeling the feeling although boredom <laughs> You know, that tangible feeling of boredom. Yeah. But on a deep level, isn't that just the brain? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who has to take extra serotonin. Um... It's magic, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Do you think he could be doing something physiological then? Like actually affecting 
brain Ooh. chemicals rather than like mental feelings, I guess, oh like Bella does. Now I'm imagining that Jasper's power is like controlling your calcium potassium pathways. <laughs> that's, that's where I was going. I was like, does, mm-hmm. does he control your hormone releases? Jasper is just all in your endocrine glands being like, here, I've activated your pituitary. (laughs) Oh no. I mean, Sam and I are both on brain drugs. We could just hang out with Jasper and he could do the same thing. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, wait, he could solve my serotonin problems. Hmm. Man, I don't know enough about brain chemistry to answer that question, though. (laughs) Me, me, no. I don't know anything. Does that mean he could also, like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> listen just does that mean he could control like you know your estrogen levels that's or... where i was going with this yes so and then i got uncomfy yeah so what you're saying is if i hung out with jasper and he didn't eat me yeah he could fix my brain and be birth control yeah basically huh <laughs> oh wow that sounds pretty great I mean, both brain drugs and birth control drugs already come with the risk of death, so yeah. like, might as well hang out with a vampire. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, then just keep Jasper around if you want, yeah. like, to do gender reaffirming. Hey, yeah. Hormone supplements, like, hey, like this, like, what can't he do? Can he convince my body to make a COVID nineteen? Oh, <laughs> antibody. Oh man, where does oh, it stop? Where does it stop? The possibilities are too much. Okay. <laughs> There's the Moderna, the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca, the Jasper. <laughs> Guys, I just need a medical vampire. <laughs> the J&J stands for the J&J. Jasper yeah. and more Jasper. <laughs> Jasper Jacullen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jasper and Jedward. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, did anyone else right at the beginning notice that the vampires in the book look nothing like the vampires in the movie? Yeah, I did notice that. She like goes out of her way to describe not only what they look like, but like their clothing, which Mm -hmm. a so cool when your book is so white that you have to add diversity in the movie. Yep. Great. Cool. Um, And also they're just in the most boring clothes. Yeah. Why are they in totally normal clothing? And no one else could be in normal clothing. And then in the movie, it's like swapped. In the movie, (laughs) Bella and Edward are in normal clothing. And they're in just like this wild like fur cloak (laughs) and an open jacket. They're literally like thrift shop. It's like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) like That's the vibes it gives off is that they literally just raided a thrift shop. And that's where their last dinner was. They belong in the Macklemore music video. Yes. They do. They <sighs> pop some tags and also yeah. the arteries of several humans. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting that they are described as wearing waterproof hiking clothes when in the last chapter, Edward <laughs> gets made fun of for wearing a raincoat. <laughs> yeah. <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> Just, hey. Also, they were second. just like they were they were dressed like totally normal backpackers in like button ups and jeans. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Backpacks and jeans though. <laughs> Backpacks like that. Nah. Hiking in jeans is a choice. Yeah. 
I guess if you're a vampire, you don't sweat or chafe, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and I mean, like, on a day hike, I might be like, you know what? There could be ticks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna wear jeans. Sophie, you don't even wear jeans, like, any time. I haven't. You're going to put them on to go walk in the woods when you could be wearing leggings. <laughs> this is a great point. I'm just saying, conceivably, someone could someone have that could. thought. <laughs> That's true. A man, for sure. Because yeah. I don't really have any other options. I have been told multiple times by men that they're like, no, I love jeans. And I'm like, I there has to be a disconnect here somewhere. I used to love jeans and then I discovered sweatpants and um, I don't wear anything <laughs> yeah. else now. I discovered leggings and then I, now I don't know what real pants are. Yeah. And then there was a global pandemic and now I'm never not wearing leggings ever yeah. again. None of my hard pants fit now, so I don't wear them. <laughs> yep. Hard pants, accurate. Hard pants. <laughs> hard pants, band name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, called it. Called it. I did do some math at this point. Oh, good. I love it when you do math. Spoilers. I did a lot more math later. But oh. the math I did here was the new vampires say, let me find the line. Yes, yeah, so the new vampires come in and they say, we've been on the hunt all the way down from Ontario and we haven't had the chance to clean up in a while. And great shout out to Ontario. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But I decided to figure out how long they had been on the move. Okay. <laughs> Based uh-huh. on, of course, our understanding <laughs> of vampire speed. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is at its slowest, 84 meters per second. Yes. I think. Yeah. That's the number in my head. I didn't go back and look it up. It was something between that and the speed of sound. (laughs) 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 So I decided just, you know, to get the longest possible. I did this very slow speed from Ottawa, which is the furthest point in Ontario, essentially from Forks, Washington. Okay. That is 4,412 kilometers. Oh my gosh. So at this, their speed of 84 meters per second, it would have taken them only 14 hours. Oh. I mean, well, he says they were hunting. They couldn't have been traveling at warp speed the whole time if they were hunting. Right. Yeah. So it only would have taken them not very long if this was their goal. <laughs> <laughs> we've been on the hunt for the last six hours. <laughs> yeah, it's just the we way love. that they say we've been on the hunt all the way down from Ontario. <laughs> it's like, yeah. This morning? (laughs) (laughs) Well, also, like, down from Ontario to the Pacific Northwest, like, aren't they a pretty similar latitude? That's hella nitpicky, but... Yeah, and I have, like, extremely specific gripe with this, because, like, (laughs) why the hell were they here? They arrive there and be like, oh, we were hunting outside of Seattle. What we know is they were hunting outside of Seattle. They changed direction when they heard the baseball game. And then once they arrive, they're like, we're going north after this. If they go north, they have to cross the Salish Sea in, like, half a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the Salish Sea is the only thing up there. Oh, my God. So, first that. And then second, like, there's nothing west of Seattle. <laughs> like, yes. What were they doing? Were they going to get on the ferry in Port Angeles? <laughs> like, I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Doesn't make well, any sense. Swimming is easier for their kind. Yeah, so maybe they probably they don't need a ferry. But then why were like were they why were they Alaska? coming why, but why were they coming west of Seattle then? Like it's just there's nothing there. 
Uh, anyway. uh, the Pacific Ocean. Maybe they wanted an orca. Yeah, maybe no, that doesn't check. Yeah. Anyway, that's my very specific hmm. gripe. <laughs> that is interesting. I understand that it's for the plot. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> but does that also mean then that they heard the baseball game all the way from Seattle? Okay, this was where I did other math. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> because I'm like, wait, that's not that close. And that would imply that if they if their baseball game could be heard from that far away, then they would have to wait for a storm that encompassed like an entire diameter of a certain distance. Like Is that the math you did? Is that the math you did? I didn't math uh the storm size. I decided to see how far away you would be able to hear the sonic boom okay. of the baseball game. Now, there are some difficulties. Okay. Yeah. First of all, a sonic boom depends on the thing that's making it. So you would specifically have to know a baseball <laughs> sonic mm-hmm. boom. Okay. And so I watched a Smarter Every Day video, which was very useful <laughs> about a supersonic <laughs> baseball gun okay. <laughs> that they made. But they uh-huh. did mention how loud the baseball was. Which is, so I almost emailed them, but (laughs) that was yesterday and I didn't think I'd get the answer by today. So maybe I'll email them after and we can update. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, I listen, they're a verified Twitter account. They have like a billion followers. Yeah. It's like me shouting into the void. Hey, how loud was your baseball gun? (laughs) Yeah. It might not work. So I had to estimate that probably around the same decibel level as like a gun Okay. Maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit between... Anyway, I guessed it was between 130 and 200 decibels at the source. And then decibels decrease with distance Mm -hmm. on a logarithmic scale. Okay. So you can actually hear it much further than you might think. Mm -hmm. So in Port Angeles, it would be... Oh, Sorry, let me back up to the other math I did. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. They also say that the vampires heard them and changed course. Mm-hmm. And Edward said they're about five minutes away. So I did the math about how far away they would have been <laughs> to hear the baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they would have been at, you know, moving 84 meters per second, five minutes yeah. away. I can do that math. So they were about 25 kilometers away, okay. roughly. And at that distance, it would have been around 30 decibels. Okay. And humans can hear as low as zero decibels, basically. So, not that quiet. And then I did the math of to Seattle. (laughs) And Seattle would have been 11 decibels. Oh. So, like, yeah, no matter how far away, they probably would have heard something because... I just Googled an animal that I know had really good hearing, which is an owl. Mm -hmm. And owls can hear up to negative 20 decibels. Wow. So. Okay. So like humans that far away. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the math I did. So in Seattle, it was probably around 11 decibels, but they probably heard it at 30 decibels. Right. Interesting. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) I appreciate that you did all that work. That makes a lot of sense. I couldn't remember how to inverse a log function. (laughs) 
<laughs> you should have texted me. <laughs> yeah, but then that would ruin the reveal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, true. Fair. I still didn't figure it out because I wanted to see how far away it would be zero oh, decibels. Yeah, fair. And I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't remember. <laughs> okay. I have to Google stats things more than I care to admit on a regular basis. And I get paid to do that. So don't yeah. worry. Nice. I should also say I got this formula to calculate this off of Quora. So that's ah. <laughs> uh, one does. Wonderful. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it gave me a number that as far as I know makes sense. Definitely. Seems reasonable, yeah. Yeah, after this podcast, I'll be tweeting at Smarter Every Day and being like, hi, we're a Twilight podcast. <laughs> you know that one scene? <laughs> can you help us can you help us yeah so that's what i did the question i had about them hearing this vampire baseball game and wanting to come play is is it like part of vampire culture to gather to play baseball how do they know specifically what vampire baseball sounds like enough that they can too. hear it and know what's going on and like go to join in yeah i wondered this too i was like is this like a regular thing? And like Edward establishes too that most vampires don't gather and like mm-hmm. that they're nomadic. And it's like, is this just an established thing that all vampires do? But then do they have like secret internet groups to like plan <laughs> vampire baseball games mm-hmm. or something? Or, you know, the, the phone book? <laughs> like... I, I I don't know. Anyways. Hmm. Yeah, especially in 2006 or whatever. I brought yeah. up the phone book specifically because Bella <laughs> mentioned it's not that hard or look up in a phone book or something. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, it is. I don't know where I would get a phone book. <laughs> nope. Do those do phone books even still exist? Probably they do. not. They're very sm- no, they oh. do. They're very small now. My parents oh. had one last time I visited. It was Did delivered they? to their house. It's mostly businesses now, I think. I guess yeah, that makes sense. That would make sense. Yeah, for people who don't use the internet, because those people exist. Uh, wild. Wow. Yeah. Now that I have extensive knowledge of sonic booms, <laughs> yes, they probably can tell the difference between a baseball sonic boom and a anything else sonic boom. <laughs> so I had a question for you specifically about that. Okay. Why are we assuming that the baseball makes a sonic boom? Don't they say that's why? I just assumed the baseball was, like, really loud. Yeah, I thought it was just... Well, in Twilight, I think, they say that they need the thunder because of what it sounds like when vampires run into each other and, like, makes a loud noise. I assumed it was because they hit the ball so hard. Did did that... Was that not in the movie? I thought it was also because of the ball hitting, but is it because of them running into each other? Because I do remember reading that and thinking, like... How hard do these two run into each other? Like, if you're two diamonds going against a diamond, wouldn't that? Yeah, like if a vampire can injure another vampire, why are they running into each other that hard? I think they can mostly only injure each other with excessive force. How fast does one vampire need to run at another vampire to obliterate each other? I googled why do vampires need thunder for baseball. That's what I googled also. (laughs) That's almost better. According to screenrant.com, 
Quote, this is because they hit the ball with so much force that it sounds exactly like thunder when the ball comes into contact with a bat. So I was wrong. Okay. But now I want to know how fast yeah. two, two vampires need to run at each other <laughs> to obliterate <laughs> each other. If you have one vampire traveling at, at this speed and the two, second vampire traveling at this speed. <laughs> I, I actually think that's from the movie, maybe, and not from the book. But well, let me get my Twilight book then. Great. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, I was right. Page 323 of Twilight. I learned the other reason they waited for a thunderstorm to play when Jasper, trying to avoid Edward's infallible fielding, hit a ground ball toward Carlisle. Carlisle ran into the ball and then raced Jasper to first base. When they collided, the sound was like the crash of two massive falling boulders. Okay, I jumped but... up in concern, but they were somehow unscathed. Yes. So so in order for vampires to obliterate themselves, <laughs> in order for vampires to obliterate themselves running into each other, they have to run faster than two massive falling boulders. This is a great point. <laughs> you are also right. The Yeah, further up the page, it says, the crack of the impact was shattering, thunderous. It echoed off the mountains. I immediately understood the necessity of the thunderstorm. So after all of this, we were both right. We were both right. Okay. Okay. Great. Let's. We've spent far too much time on this. Is way. I hope most of this got cut out. I am gonna do some editing. Good job, Hannah from great the future. Job. You're doing great. So I have a question that is gonna be mostly for Sam because I don't Uh-oh. think Sophie will have any idea. Mm-hmm. But this chapter reveals that. James's like tracking is a special skill. Mm-hmm. It also sort of implies that Victoria's anxiety is a special skill of some kind. Did you pick that up? And is that a thing that comes in later that I just forgot that she has no. like magic senses? <laughs> magic I didn't pick anxiety. that up. But now I'm thinking like, is her superpower that like she has like super sensing, not like future, like she can't see the future like Alice, but like. But, like, really good intuition. Yeah. Which, like... Hmm. I said in my notes that she has the superpower I would if I became a vampire, which is super social anxiety. <laughs> but <laughs> it does seem like they defer a lot to how she reacts to things. The other two vampires with her. Yeah, as if, like, her sense of fleeing is, like, kind of just, like, their compass of whether or not a situation is bad or not. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, I think they say, like, they looked to her like a weather vane. Yes. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's that she can tell if the vampires are aggressive towards them, right? Like, if she mm. is in danger. Mm-hmm. Danger sense. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting, though, that, like, this was so heavily brought up in Midnight Sun, because mm-hmm. when Victoria kind of comes back in Eclipse, you don't really get that vibe from her, because she's very much like this alpha woman vampire trying to take down the Cullens and everything. So, I don't know, it just seems like a complete kind of character shift, but maybe I'm forgetting Eclipse. It's been a while. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, me neither. I just remember the movies, and I know in the movies, the second actors that they got to play Victoria played her like a bad vampire villain. And, like, not that she isn't in 
the way they portray her in Twilight and Midnight Sun, but they almost portray her like a scaredy cat, which... Yeah, she's very skittish. Yeah, and it, it was just weird, because that's not how I saw Victoria's character at all, even through Twilight, right? So, I don't know, it was interesting. I wonder if we'll see more of her. I don't remember what role she has in the rest of Twilight. I wonder if we'll see her more in Midnight Sun and they'll clarify that a little bit. That's what I'm wondering too, yeah. Do she and Laurent just dip while James is hunting? I don't remember. I don't think so because James and her are mated or whatever. Yeah. Which also I was like, since when are vampires mated? Anyway, I also did not get that vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Like Edward's in their heads. And Edward's, yeah. I think Edward explicitly says that he didn't get that vibe from them. But that's why Victoria goes all crazy in Eclipse, mm-hmm. because Edward killed James, who was her mate. Yeah. Oh, so it must be that, like, here is where it's setting up for, like, Edward didn't know mm-hmm. that True. they were mated. Yeah. yeah. Which is Good just, point. like, typical of an obtuse man. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe they're also setting up for, like, she was in love with him. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering oh. if it was something like that, too. But then Edward would have picked that up, probably. Well, not if she wasn't thinking about it, though. True. If she was so anxious about the situation they were in, it probably didn't even cross her mind. Yeah. Yeah. That does lead into something that I thought was really good about this chapter of Midnight Sun specifically, which was that most of the questions that I had from the Twilight chapter were answered by Midnight Sun. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why like why do the intruding vampires not notice that the Cullens don't have red eyes? It's like, oh, Laurent sees that and just thinks that's part of a camouflage or like how they how they don't notice Bella at first. Yeah, so it did a good job of filling in the gaps that we had from Bella's perspective, which I mm-hmm. thought was pretty cool. Yeah. I actually very much enjoyed the chapter up until we get in the car with Edward. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it did a it did a really good job of like fleshing out the scene from the vampire family's entire perspective, right? Because that is ideally what you get from Edward's mind powers is you get the scene not just from his perspective, but everyone's perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was cool. We got to learn about Jasper's great idea for his power and then it all went to shit when Edward freaked out and tried to drive away with Bella <laughs> immediately yeah well uh, the uh what was the line about the breeze that came that ruined everything yeah it was very oh. funny it oh was just a gentle breeze a mild flutter from a new direction an aberration caused by the tail end of the storm swirling westward so mild so inescapable <laughs> that's the most insignificant breeze such a good line I love the idea of so mild so inescapable (laughs) so funny (laughs) oh just so good also really how did they not smell her before that I don't think that's how smell works no (laughs) but anyway it must have just been Jasper was so focused that he was able to block them from noticing or something. Yeah. Or if the wind was going in the opposite direction and blowing her scent like downwind, they wouldn't have known. Or they might like there might have been something on the wind, but like 
it would have been pretty subtle but then if it shifted mm-hmm. and they just got like a full waft waft blah of it waft blah yeah. <laughs> it's that, that whole like that whole part is just so weird to me i think it's still part of my issue with like why would a predator just like constantly be murdering stuff all the time mm-hmm. yeah but like yeah the fact that even though she's surrounded by like eight vampires the one of this three group who have been like worried about approaching these people is suddenly like i will take on all of these yeah yeah to kill this human instantly and it's like what are you doing <laughs> james was definitely a serial killer before he got to yeah <laughs> like like oh my god 100 percent a serial killer let's be real his tracking abilities are like a vampire superpower yeah yeah they're supernatural so a that had to come from somewhere b Mm -hmm. that is clearly coloring his behavior yeah and then also edward talks about trackers as if this is like a known subset of vampires yeah yeah is this this like more common than other things i mean i guess it would make sense right like for you have to hunt humans which are yeah. you know pretty smart most of the time <laughs> i mean but if you're just trying to find a human not one specific human but if you just need right. a human we're not hard to find no. yeah we're kind of all over the place i wonder if it's like if they were like evolutionarily created yeah it would be like a throwback you know like to mm-hmm. a more primitive vampire mm-hmm. that is like more hunting instinct than anything else. Yeah. And yeah. that's why there would be more of them. Right. It's just like sometimes when they get changed, they turn like more feral. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's like, if you're trying to eat a person without being noticed and obviously stealth is very important for vampires, it's probably easier to maintain that stealth when you're hunting people who are like already in the woods or like away from civilization. So maybe there's a disproportionate number of people who are hunted by and therefore turned into vampires who are like hunters or hikers and who already have that like outdoorsy following a path, following an animal, trying to get to that specific goal. Oh yeah. I like that theory. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say all this is making me think of is two characters and other fantasy stories. And all I can think of is what if Mal from Shadow and Bone got turned <sighs> into a vampire? No. Nope. Or Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Aragorn is arguably the better character of those two. Yeah. Arguably. Inarguably. <laughs> Objectively. Objectively. So. <laughs> yeah. Listen. I, think- <laughs> I don't know who the people are who like Mal so much, but. <laughs> I don't. I don't it. understand them. But the word tracker has been forever ruined for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mal can just track a beetle in a bag in a chimney and shoot it with an arrow, and that's like a totally normal thing to do that nobody questions. Yeah, it's not that? magic. It's not magic. It's not magic. Why would you think that? Different book that we also don't like. Yeah, uh, the Shadow and Bone TV show is out now on Netflix when this episode goes up, so uh, go watch that. God. <laughs> yeah, it's coming soon. Oh my god. I need you guys to watch it for me and tell me if it's good. I will binge the, hi- the entire thing. Great. I will watch it over the course of a couple of days, probably. Yeah. I will binge it for Ben Barnes and Ben Barnes alone. 
Okay. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the car scene now. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. It's just right back it's to Edward, worst. like literally not paying attention to anything Bella says. Nothing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, she's like freaking out. Yeah. He doesn't tell her what or why. Like, he doesn't take a single second nope. to mm-hmm. explain why he's suddenly driving her away from Forks. In Midnight Sun, it's like Stephanie Meyer has tried to like couch it by being like, oh, he's so busy trying to keep up with Alice's uh, visions while mm-hmm. he's driving that he like can't talk to Bella, which I'm pretty sure is exactly the one she used the previous time, too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, ah. Uh... It just sucks. Like, in his head, he has thoughts like, oh, I needed to tell her whatever. Like, she didn't understand. And it's like, yeah, because you're not even trying to yeah. <laughs> explain yeah. anything Nothing. at all. Yeah, he goes on for, like, a full paragraph about how none of them understand and none of them have the full context of what's happening. And it's like, it's because you haven't said it. Yeah. yeah, you're the only one who knows because you were in his head. Yeah, and you just refuse to say anything to anybody. You're just dragging them all along. Like he doesn't listen to Bella. He doesn't listen to Emmett. He doesn't listen to Alice, even though you should never bet against Alice. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like I understand that you're scared, but like you need to slow down for a second and think and use the resources that are available to you. Yeah, like I, I would almost be able to forgive not listening to Emmett and Alice. But when you just, like, completely take the autonomy out of the person's hands who you're trying to protect, Mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm just going to make the best decision for them without telling them any of the reasons why. Mm -hmm. All of that is just so terrible. (laughs) So awful. Don't like it. He literally thought it was impossible for Bella to have a good idea about her own safety. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's so just disgusting it's like you literally are in love with this girl but you don't think she can make any decision for herself mm-hmm. yeah Ugh. and he says like oh it's because she doesn't have the context and it's like well then give her and the context her. like you've been keeping so many things from her because you're like oh well then she just won't understand and it's like well then tell her i mean i okay i guess in context it has been like two days <laughs> cheapers wow it's been like three days or whatever wow that is oh my god this makes it like move it real fast yeah yeah jeez i thought my relationship was moving fast but nope has it moved to three days and he kidnapped you to phoenix no (laughs) not yet no not yet you missed there's still time though It took us five days for the first Zoom date, I think, so. (laughs) See, that's how you you keep Edward under control. Zoom dates. Zoom dates. That's how Bella and Edward should have met. Yeah. Yeah. Then he wouldn't have to smell her. It would have been perfect. It's perfect. Wow. Ah, Meant for the pandemic. Twilight in 2020. But then it comes back to the question, would Edward fall in love with Bella if she didn't smell so good to him? I don't know. He wouldn't have noticed her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I have something I would like to say about this car scene. Okay. Which is that Edward says that he used some archaic curses. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what could that mean? So I tried to do some Googling to find out 
what sorts of swears would be around in 1918 when oh Edward gosh. was a teenager okay. becoming a vampire. Yes. And I did find some. <laughs> I found some interesting ones. I'm so excited. <laughs> there were a couple that I found from an, a listicle about swears that originated during World War I, which would have been <laughs> during the same time. Mm-hmm. Notably, cooties came from World War One. So, oh. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Just Edward muttering cooties. <laughs> cooties. Just muttering cooties under just his cooties. Yeah, cooties. Cooties. <laughs> <laughs> and also, one of my personal favorites, Dingbat. <laughs> so, World no. War One swear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a swear. That's, That's a swear. That sure is a swear. Yeah. Oh my god. And then. I found a couple other words from a list of early 20th century swears that Edward Uh might have used to refer to James. He could have been a gongoozler, a (laughs) fustalugs, or a dotties man. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. what was that middle one again? A fustalugs is a person who is ugly or just looks like they'd be mean. (laughs) Oh my god, bring that one back into circulation. A fustalugs. Yeah, bloody was like a really big one and was like super offensive. So Edward could have been muttering under his breath about this bloody fustalugs uh-huh. coming to steal his girl. Oh my god. This makes this so much better. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like I did come across these other ones. The most common swears in English are all really old. So shit and damn are both like Latin based. Damn it. <laughs> Yep. Fuck originated around 1475, apparently. And I would just like to read you a quote from the Wikipedia (laughs) article for the word fuck, which exists. Yeah, please, please, please. I want it. (laughs) About the earliest occurrence of the word fuck in the English language. In the English language record, rather. Which says... In English court records of 1310 to 1311, a man local to Chester is referred to as Roger Fuck by the Naval. Probably a nickname. (laughs) (laughs) Either this refers to an inexperienced copulator referring to someone trying to have sex with the Naval, or it is a rather extravagant explanation for a dimwit, someone so stupid they think that this is the way to have sex. Oh my god. Oh my god, I wish my face was visible right now. (laughs) So Edward could be driving down the street muttering about gong gooslers and dotties men, or he could just be driving down the street going, fuck shit, goddamn, fuck it, fucking fuck. But could he be going around saying both? I just love the idea of him. (laughs) Uh, I just love the idea of him just being like, ah, yes, I was saying some (laughs) archaic swears. And then he just opens the window and is like, fuck. <laughs> just breaking out some of the olden swears. Shit. <laughs> like, okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I need to yeah. know. I need oh, to. My oh my gosh. God. I wish I knew which archaic curses he was using. Yeah. This is why people, writers, invented just saying. I cursed under my breath or something uh-huh. instead yeah. of actually writing the curse because it makes it sound a lot cooler than it is. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Oh, yep. man, that's great. Uh-huh. Oh, that was the best thing all day. That, yeah. Uh, well, you know what else is fun? Yeah, tell me. I bleep swears in this podcast. Yep. <laughs> Are you yeah. going to bleep f- the lugs? 
Mm. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Literally, that whole section is just going to be, and bleep, and bleep, 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 bleep. I'm just giving myself a lot of work. You're going to have a great time. Uh, Can you take my bleep and use that? <laughs> you to use that everywhere else. Just from now on, anytime someone says bleep, that's what we put there. <laughs> Oh, that was great. Thank you for that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. Amazing. Glad to contribute to this podcast. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I don't have math, but I do have cooties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your cooties was way funnier than my math. That's for sure. <laughs> math is no joking matter. I do just want one note that I wrote down that I wish I had said when I had been talking about it originally is um, the the notes I wrote about Jasper's cool power where he makes everyone bored to look at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Edward is as bored by Jasper as Stephanie Meyer is. <laughs> Rude. Uh. This is the first time he's done anything. Uh. <laughs> I'm personally offended by this yeah. attack on my favorite background character other than Alice. <laughs> like, I'm, I think he's cool now. Well, he's so cool. Well, I mean, after after the <laughs> racist part, if you yeah. just look at when he's a vampire, he's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. In terms of his powers, I think he's pretty cool now. Yeah. <laughs> There's that rocky part where he was just riding the horny high off of <laughs> Edward and Bella that I did not <sighs> enjoy. That still makes me uncomfy. <laughs> me yeah. too. But this is better. Just getting high off someone else's... Nope. No. Nope. I mean, that's basically what porn is, right? <sighs> oh, I don't want to do this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> my book just fell over as soon as I said that. I think it's angry. <laughs> I literally just felt my soul leaving my body. I was just like... No. Yeah. A g- 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 ghost. A g- g- I... ghost. <laughs> All right. Should we end this podcast? Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. guess what's going to happen in the next chapter. Um, they're both called goodbyes, and oh. I, for one, am hoping that the rest of the book is just all one-to-one chapters, <laughs> like these ones have been. That so. would be lovely. one twilight to one midnight sun. It's amazing. I it love is. it. Makes things a lot better for us. Yeah, that was all a cover for. I have no idea what's going to be next. So, what do you guys think, <laughs> think is going to happen? Is this the part where Bella is like really mean to Charlie, so that? He will let her go. Yeah. Like, really mean. I remember this part hurt me because it was like, how can you be so mean to your dad? Oh, no. Yeah. Real harsh. I don't like Charlie, but. (laughs) (laughs) I have a little bit of a soft spot for Charlie because Charlie's just like an awkward dad who doesn't know what to do, which like kind of resonates with me because my dad's kind of the same. And so like (laughs) when she's like super mean to him, I'm just like. How could you do that? (laughs) It's also that like classic, I love you, so I'm going to say something incredibly hurtful to protect you trope. Which I I hate. I kind of like it because I, yeah, I like it when media makes me hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, fair, fair. 
It's like, I also love a good miscommunication trope, and I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who does. I hate that trope more than anything in the universe. Uh, Yeah. A a good miscommunication trope could make me put the book down. Same. It's one of those things that I'm just like, just fucking talk. Just tell each other the truth. Just, like, be honest with each other. Good communication. Yeah, Yeah, if they just talk to each other, they could solve the problem, but no. Then there wouldn't be they have to be all angsty and Bleep. shitty about it. And yeah. then it's fun to read for some reason. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. I hate I even think, the thought I'm of it. I'm pretty sure I ranked that as a one or two out of ten on the swoon scale. Yeah, I feel like I saw that and got offended. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hannah's swoon scale and Sam's swoon scale are inverses inverse. of each other. <laughs> the reverse of each other. Yeah. Uh, yikes. My bad. Is this... There's a scene in the book or the movie where Bella's like in a ballet studio, right? Yeah. yeah. That won't be for a couple chapters. Though. Okay. That's at least two or three chapters away, I think. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't just fabricate that out of no, nothing. No, that exactly. Wow. thing. Amazing. Good job, yeah. Sophie. I'll just bring that out for the next four chapters. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the chapter where she's in a ballet studio? <laughs> Eventually it'll be right. Eventually I'll be yeah. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think the next chapter is literally just like the Charlie scene. And yeah. then I don't really know what else. Like, I don't think it goes too much into like James coming into it yet. That was my guess as well. Yeah. We're probably going to be seeing two different Twilight Midnight Sun content again, right? Because Edward isn't going mean, to stay just gonna with be stalking Bella. her, isn't he? I, well, okay. isn't hmm. Edward trying to stay away? For a I don't bit. think that actually happens though. From oh. what I remember, something happens, and it, that their plan changes. But again, I could be remembering wrong. But for some reason, I don't think they actually get separated. Hmm. But I could be very wrong. Okay. I, I don't. Who remember. knows? I don't know. Not us. I do know. At some point later, Bella gives Jasper the slip by pretending to go to the bathroom, and he doesn't know how long humans take to go to the bathroom oh so she gets away. God. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Why does Oh, because she's probably being like I need to get away from all the vampires for some reason? Yeah, I don't remember. I think like they were going to like keep her locked down in a hotel and she was like I have to go face him myself or something. Oh. That sounds we'll about see. right. I hate it does sound right about either. right. Yeah. Okay, well. Well, yeah, that probably is what happens next. Um <laughs> Let's talk about what we're reading this yeah. few yeah. weeks. Yeah, I started and finished The Gods of Jade and Shadow. Oh, mm. yes. Oh, my I God, it was so good. good. Yeah, it was, like, exactly my sleep. It was, like, fairy tale and mythology. Uh, extremely wow. good. Would recommend. And then, yeah, I'm also very slowly going through another Robin McKinley book. <laughs> Which is also a fairy tale. Nice. <laughs> I'm predictable. <laughs> what about you guys? I mean, I think I'm more predictable. Can you guess what I'm still reading? <laughs> I, I almost wish I couldn't. <laughs> I know, right? Well, to nobody's surprise, I am still reading The Way of Kings. Um, but <laughs> I also, in the interim, because my brain can't handle high fantasy after work, and it can only handle YA, also read A Vow So Bold and Deadly, finally. So, nice. Hey. Yeah. Is that a book two? 
It's a book or, three. So it's the tr- oh. ending of the trilogy of A Curse So Dark and Lonely, which was a Beauty and the Beast retelling. And so A Vow So Bold and Deadly was the trilogy ending the series, though it kind of left off as if she might write more books if this one did well. So. Oh, Ooh. I liked A Heart So... Wait, no, that's the second one. A Curse So Dark and Lonely is yeah, the first a, one, yeah. Oh, so Which is which? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I liked A Curse So Dark and Lonely. Yeah, I liked the second one the best. Okay. But I don't know. Overall, like it's a decent YA trilogy. So it's got the Beauty and the Beast. Why wouldn't yeah. I like it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about you, Hannah? Well, unlike Sam, I finished my big fantasy book. Oh, I'm proud of you. Mine was only half the length of yours, so it's not that much of an accomplishment. <laughs> um, it's still an accomplishment. Do not yeah. discredit yourself. I did it. It took me two and a half months. Yay! Yay! And then I decided that having finished one very dense book, I was going to move straight into a dense nonfiction book. So I have been reading Humankind, How Biology and Geography Shape Human Diversity by Alexander H. Harcourt. And it is... Yeah. It's a little more difficult than I was expecting as someone who doesn't have a background in anthropology. But I think we're finally getting into the part where he starts talking about, as he puts it, why we are what we are, where we are. So like why different traits evolved in different parts of the world. So oh, that's cool. really interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Neat. That's a good spread yeah. of books, guys. Yeah. yeah. Covering a whole range of things. Yeah. <laughs> like fantasy. Yeah. And one and nonfiction. <laughs> fantasy for adults and, and for teens. Yeah. <laughs> The two genres. The two genres, adult fantasy and teen fantasy. (laughs) I sometimes read romance. And I sometimes read mystery. But they have to be fantasy mystery and romance. No. Uh I read a really good book, actually, uh, by an indigenous author. I can't remember his name, which is really bad. But it's called Winter Counts. And it was about the Lakota tribe. And it was. Oh, you were telling me about this. Yeah, it's a super intense book. Like, if you're going to read it, check your trigger warnings. Like, it's it's a lot, but it's really, really good. I really recommend it. I can't read mystery. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's definitely fair. I'm um, and it's very intense. <laughs> I'm a but big it baby. A, it was can't a good book. Okay. If you liked this chapter of Midlight Crisis, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. You can talk to us and find fun-related content on social media. We are at MidlightPod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And all chapters of the show thus far are available on our website, midlightpod.podbean.com, and on YouTube. And the more we read Midnight Sun, the more we realize... (coughs) There is nothing less interesting in the world than this nondescript vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. Guys, I hate that word. Sleep. That guy. Sleep, seriously. That guy, for real. Hey, what do you think would happen if you put a jellyfish in a Formula One car? That sounds like the start to a joke. What's the punchline? (laughs) I think you just get jelly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Ugh. Unfortunately, I'm not funny.